This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It is season two. It's episode 21, a world baseball classic for the ages. Don't forget to listen, download, review, most importantly, subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. And in this segment, Crawley interviews Russ Dorsey, great guy, national MLB insider for Bally Sports on the success of the world baseball classic. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast he is the national MLB insider for Bally Sports. And for a few years, he was with us on the beat with the Chicago Cubs. Russ Dorsey, how are you, Russ? Carly, I'm doing great, man. I appreciate the invite. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you you were a rock star when you were here with the Cubs. I always, I always enjoyed your questions and had fun. And then I got to see you enjoying this World Baseball Classic and being able to cover it. From your perspective, now I know uh, the last World Baseball Classic was in 2017. Did you yep. ever, were you in, were you a journalist at that time? Were you able to go any games back then? I did not. I did not. Um, was wa- locked in for that as well. And I think the difference between then when I was, I had just graduated or about to graduate from college. And this time around when I'm in the business uh, and baseball is my life. It's the excitement, not only of me, but of people around me, because they, pe- you're a baseball fan for life. I'm a baseball fan for life. Like you, people, they're not worried about us, but it's getting the casual watcher and people who didn't really know baseball like that or didn't watch baseball a ton saying, you know what, this WBC, it looks really exciting. And I think that's been that's been the coolest part for me of the last two weeks was that you got to see baseball center stage and the just the the outpouring of love for the game and watching the game in its purest form was so fun to watch for me now the pool play was in four locations tokyo taichung miami and phoenix were you able to catch your catching games where in phoenix and miami because i saw you in arizona yeah just in phoenix just in phoenix so i wasn't able to see the final earlier this week but i think the excitement level for other countries was apparent, right? Whether it was Puerto Rico, uh, DR, Australia, Japan, uh, Chinese Taipei, like all these teams were like those games in the first round of pool play over in Taiwan were a madhouse when Yu Chang homered back to back nights that those places look explosive. And same thing in Japan when uh, Otani was doing his thing over there. Same thing in Phoenix, where you have Great Britain out of nowhere, like giving Team USA a run for its money in pool play, when you're watching Canada do their thing in pool play. And then in Miami, the, the electricness of Venezuela, Puerto Rico, and the Dominican. Like the, I, it feels like each pool brought its own level of excitement. And what I like about the pool play is he also kind of had some really unique stories, you know, countries that you may not think of as baseball hotbeds that kind of get a chance. And and, and so you had the story of Andre Satoria, who was an electrician for the Czech Republic, and he strikes out Shohei Otani. And, and, and you know what, it was just like, they were so respectful of each other. Like, just like when I was looking at it, it was like, you know, it just, it seemed like the camaraderie between the teams was just something that I've never seen before. Yeah, and I think the one thing, and I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, is that, yeah, when you, when you have baseball like here in the States or in Major League Baseball, there's a language barrier. Guys are coming from different places, and you all, you don't always get the that that uh, the comfort that guys get when they're playing with uh, in their own countries, right, with their countrymen. 
And in this tournament, you got to see what I've called baseball in this purest form, where it is uh, culture. It is the love of baseball. It is uh, language not being an issue. And even when you're seeing countries go off against each other, like you, you talk about in this situation, it is a respect for somebody else who loves the game and plays the game like you do. And I think that's why you see so much respect and admiration between players in this tournament, because it's like, man, this is really cool, not only to play for my country, but to see the love that you have for your country is also really cool. And so playing you as a competitor, uh, it's an honor for a lot of guys. Right. And, and like I said, the stories in the pool, my favorite one was at Duque Hebert, who's 21 year old yeah. pitcher, Team Nicaragua. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what happened with Duque there, because that is just an unreal story. Yeah, you, you go out on the mound for Nicaragua at 21 years old and you strike out Juan Soto and you strike out Julio Rodriguez. And I believe it was uh, might have been May Machado. Rafael Devers. Rafael Devers. Rafael Devers. And at the end of the game, <laughs> a scout comes up to you. How would you like to pitch for the Detroit Tigers? And you sign a contract there and will now be playing affiliated ball. That's fantastic because that kid's life has changed in a blink of an eye. And so, like you said, these stories are amazing. But the fact that this kid was competing at a high level against some of the best players in the world, some that we consider some of the biggest stars in Major League Baseball. Yeah. And when I, when I look at the whole the tournament as a whole, you know, it's like what you said, trying to get the casual fan here in the United States, but also just the worldwide audience yeah. and getting people more interested and so, you know, there was more teams added to the pool this year, which I think helped. And I, and I like seeing more European teams in there just because, you know, Asia, Latin America, North America, hotbed of baseball. But, you know, really interested in kind of maybe seeing, you know, I know they have the London series coming up, right. the Cubs and Cardinals again. So, you know, did you, you know, I thought that the European fans really kind of did a really good job as far as Great Britain and stuff like that. I thought they were fun, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think they were one of the surprises in pool play, right? Like, I think the team that I saw, I saw them in an exhibition against the Milwaukee Brewers before the tournament started. And I looked at that squad and I said, you know what? This might go bad for them. Not because guys weren't trying, just because the talent deficit was so much. Like the Brewers didn't necessarily have their A lineup out there. And it, it was one of those games where you're really grateful for the pitch clock. And you look at Great Britain and this 19-year-old first rounder, Harry Ford is their best player. And so that's a lot of pressure for a young kid. And then the team a week later in pool play was giving Team USA a run for its money and was really out there. You seeing Vance Worley, who you haven't seen in the big leagues since I think 2018, going out there and holding his own. I think for me, yeah, I think it's really cool to see a team like that that had very low expectations go out there and compete at the highest level. And so yeah, I, I understand what you're saying about you know, the field, because I do think that added to some of the excitement, seeing new countries involved. Uh, biggest field they ever had in a World Baseball Classic. So going into 2026, is that a way you can create more excitement with more countries in there? I think that might be the answer. Now, I don't know about you. There's obviously, you know, two surprises for me in the pool play. I, I thought Cuba didn't look as good as I expected. What do you attribute that to? They finished two and two. You know, they advanced to the next round. But when I look at the opponent, uh, you know, you had Italy, Netherlands, Panama, Chinese, Taipei. I just always thought of Cuba when I was growing up as just this dominant baseball island where some of the greatest players right. come. And, and I just feel like they barely beat Australia. They got walloped by the U.S. It just, I don't know, it didn't seem like 
I, I, I was surprised by that. Yeah, I, I think when you have, we think of Cuba as a baseball hotbed. Spending about what the the game was in Cuba. You were a kid growing up watching guys uh, come over. I think what the difference has been, and it's really interesting seeing when the WBC first started, right, where you had Jose Abreu playing, when you had uh, Yuli Gurriel playing for Team Cuba, and those guys came over here and became stars in the big leagues in Major League Baseball. And to that point, Joanna Cespedes, same thing. And you see all these stars that have left the island and come over to the big leagues and created careers for themselves. Well, at some point, you're losing that top end talent. And Cuba had as much top end talent at any place in the world for about 20, 30 years there, right? Where you have guys coming over, El Duque, Levon Hernandez's brother, like it was guy after guy after guy after guy, not only coming over to the States, but making a huge impact. And so after a while, when you lose that top end talent, it's hard to replenish it. Yeah, every once in a while, you'll get a Luis Robert, you'll, you'll get somebody like that, but you're not going to have the year-to-year stars coming out of Cuba like we once saw. So for me, that's why I think they, they weren't necessarily at the level that we've last seen Cuba at on that stage. Yeah, they had Luis Robert. Yeah, they had Yoan Moncada, and, and Moncada played really well, and I know a lot of White Sox fans are happy about that, but you're not, if we, without that talent that we saw for all of those years, it's going to be really hard to compete when those guys are dispersed uh, in, in the States. And, and I got to say, you know, seeing the Dominican Republic not make it out of pool play. I mean, that Puerto yeah. Rico Dominican, but but that was shocking to me as well. You know, with all that made that was a lot of major league talent on right. that team to not advance. That was unbelievable. Yeah, that that was it was definitely a, a surprise. I, I, I don't think it's, it's crazy to say they came in as the favorite, even with Japan there uh, with the the roster that they had initially, even though they didn't have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which was a big thing. If they had advanced to the next round, they probably would have had him. But, yeah, you see a loaded roster like that, a lineup like that, a, a, a pitching staff that's headlined by Sandy Alcantara. You're thinking, okay, this team is going to at least make it to the semifinal, if not the final and win it all. So definitely a huge surprise there. Now, the one team also that surprised me, and it wasn't just pool play, but even if you take a look going into the quarterfinals to the semifinals was Team Mexico. I guess, you know, I just don't really, I, I mean, obviously Fernando Valenzuela when I was a kid, you know, Fernando Mania and all that stuff, but that Mexican team was super impressive and they played Japan, you know, they had, Japan had to come back in the ninth. I mean, that team just looks unbelievable. Team Mexico just played with so much passion. You, you look at all around the diamond one, you're seeing a ton of big league talent, right? But I think the, the, the spark plug for them, Randy Rosarena, who is Cuban and, and had the permission to play for Mexico from the, the country's president. And I think when you look at Randy Rosarena and every uh, big moment, he, he's always there, right? He's always in the middle of it, whether that's uh, in the World Series or in the postseason, right before he even became, it was playing in the big leagues uh, full time. Uh, then he wins rookie of the year. And then every postseason, you expect him to do something big. And anytime the lights are on, he shows up. So to see that guy in the middle of Mexico's run uh, to the semis, it was not a surprise to me at all, but it's really cool that people got to see uh, the star that is Randy Rosarena. Now, Russell, you know, I take a lot of pride in being a Cub fan and thinking we're the best fan base in baseball. I don't care what they say in that boring old town of St. Louis, but I feel like the international fans 
absolutely rock it. And the one thing I really love is I feel like baseball has been hurt by the you know, unwritten rules of the game where you talk about a guy like a Rosarena and, and, and it was almost encouraged where they're wearing like, you know, Great Britain was wearing the robe with the King's hat or they had the sombrero on, you know, and a Rosarena making the catches and making the stick. Right. I think that that was just fun and flair that to me, you know, I could see some like old stodgy baseball guys being like, oh, that's not, you know, you would have gotten plumped in the ribs in my day. This was just fun. And, and, and I think that right. that came across, especially on TV. Absolutely. And I think those teams embrace that and realize like, man, we have an opportunity to have that fun, to have that flair. Obviously, you see uh, countries like that where you have players in Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican, bring that over to the big leagues and add some of that excitement here in the States. But I think it got to a point where every team saw other teams playing like, man, they're having a good time. You saw Team Japan, you know, with Lars Newtbar doing their thing before the game. Guys getting hitting doubles, you know, having their celebrations at second base. Shohei Otani, a guy that's so stoic over here in the States, he goes uh, and plays in the WBC, and you're seeing another side of him. Even Team USA, right, where it's like, well, if Team USA, they're going to, you know, the uh, old, we're gonna do it the right way. Those guys were amped up. Trey Turner hits the homers that he hits uh, throughout the tournament, and, and that dugout exploded. And so I think it's one of those things where you're like, what could you bot- what can you bottle up? from the WBC and bring it over here to uh, major league baseball. It is that excitement. It is that flares, the things that we've started to see uh, in baseball over the last couple of years or so, where it's like, man, nobody was offended because guys were amped up and jacked up. Everybody's like, man, I want to do this for my team. I want to do this for my country. And we're really excited about this moment. And I think that was felt throughout the tournament. And I love how the, the fans have their, you know, the special chance they bring in the instruments I mean, it just seemed like there was never any downtime. Like the fans were in it nonstop, even if it was just pool play and not the semis or the finals, you know? And they, 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 it was a, they, each team did a good job of making their fan base feel like part of the team, right? Like in, in Miami, when you had, you know, Puerto Rico going up against the Dominican Republic, like those crowds were insane, electric, if you will. And, you know, every pitch, you know, people are on the edge of their seat. And I think a lot of these guys relish that. And, you know, if you're a guy that played in Oakland or you're playing actually in Miami and then you see those crowds, you're like, man, this is nothing like I get, you know, when I'm playing in the big league. So let me enjoy this moment. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. All righty. So, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here looking here and, and you look at the numbers at the WBC, especially around the world. I mean, when Japan defeated Korea and Tokyo, 62 million people watched. And when Mexico upset the U.S., you had 47, 534 people in Chase Field. It's Puerto Rico gets past the DR. 62% of households are turned in. I, I think that the effects of this World Baseball Classic are going to reverberate for a generation. I think that there are going to be kids... Ten, you know, they're going to play maybe in, not in the next WBC, but the following WBC that are going to be like, I got into baseball because of what happened in 2023. A hundred percent. Right. Like, I, and and this, it's not just about, you know, the final, the way it ended. And that's amazing. I'll get to that part. But like to watch throughout and seeing people have a love and a passion for baseball globally is a very big deal. And I, I don't think we should uh, ignore the fact that, not only in the States, 
but around the globe, people do really care about the game of baseball. And to see it uh, in this way, with this level of passion and excitement, to watch that final where the best player of the last decade, Mike Trout, you know, is struck out by his teammate and best player of this next decade and Shohei Otani, it's poetic, right? Like you couldn't write a better script than that if you were an uh, Academy Award winning director. And so you have to take this ball, pick this ball up and carry it over the next 10 years. Uh, if you're Major League Baseball, if you're other countries where it's like we want to grow the game in our own you know, country, you know, places like the Czech Republic, where I think a lot of people are like, I don't even know that they played baseball in the Czech Republic, even them like being involved and seeing some of their players have success is important for the growth of the sport in that country. And so I, I agree 100%. I think this uh, reverberates for years and years and years into three, four, five WBCs down the line. And and I don't think people understand. I saw a video uh, from, I don't know if it was MLB Deportes or where I saw it from, but they were talking to some of the Latino players and they said, yeah, this is, to some they said, either just as big or bigger than the World Series this is the real world series. We're playing for our country. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're a guy from the Dominican, I mean, you, you like that Chicago pays the check, but you didn't grow up there. They're not your, you know what I mean? Like it's not your home. And so yeah. I think these guys played with an emotion that was just that you couldn't compare it to, you know, knowing, knowing that your whole country is watching back home. I think that does something for a lot of these guys. And so I don't think it, it is uh, any disrespect to the World Series itself or to their team to say, hey, man, this this is bigger to me than the World Series. That's not to say those dudes want to, don't want to go win the World Series. But it's like if I know that my grandma and San Pedro de Macariz or Santiago or, or, or uh, Santo Domingo is watching and she never gets to watch me play baseball. If I know that all my friends that I grew up with uh, in Bani in the Dominican Republic or if I know that, that that my doctor, the person that used to babysit me uh, in Bayamon, in Puerto Rico, is watching me, I, I I would understand why these guys, like, are really not only amped up, but are like, no, I have to do this because I'm doing this for them. Like, I'm w- trying to win this for them. I think Benji Gill, the Mexico's manager, uh, told some player, like, hey, your bats are not yours, right? Your bats are for Mexico. And I think there's something so uh, – it almost sounds heroic, like he's so saying that and hearing that. But it's really cool. Like, man, you no, know, you think about it. Yeah, these aren't my abs, right? I can't go out here trying to you know hit the ball of the ballpark. Like, I I'm trying to win this for my team, for my country. And I gotta tell you, Russell, the only thing that did disappoint me about the entire tournament is okay, I get pool play or maybe even the quarterfinals. But you're telling me that 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 Fox had better programming uh, for the for the semi or the finals than than the World Baseball Classic. I watched. I I went and I looked to see what was on that night. And you're telling me, I don't know. I, I figured that once they saw the numbers and what the numbers were doing, that they might have tried to bump it in or something. I don't know. That just was confusing to me. I don't know if you know anything about that or why it wouldn't be on the main thing because there are some people that cut the cord that don't have cable TV. So it should have really been in front of everybody on regular Fox. You know. I, I I definitely understand what you're saying, and and for you, like you said, for people who cut the cord, and we're seeing everything that's happening with regional sports networks and, and things like that. Uh, that that might be the only thing that we could would have changed, right? Being able to have those games, you know, on on regular Fox for everybody to see. You had your number one broadcasters on that, and Joe Davis and John Smoltz, and, and so I think you realize how important this was putting your number one broadcast team on it. But yeah, you know, I, I I would agree with you. Like that would be the one thing. Like man, you you 
if you want to reach even more demographics, having that game on, I think would have been huge. And, and I talked to my partner, Dustin, about this, you know, that, that what ends up happening is that like, when you think about baseball and the television numbers that it does, like, like a Thursday night football game with two mediocre teams does better numbers by far than a world series game. So this was an opportunity, like I said, to really reach the casual fan. You and I, Russ, we're going to watch WBC. We're going to watch Winter League ball. We're right. going to reach KBO, right. whatever. Right. But it, it's it's not about us. It's about that next generation of fan, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I think that is something that regardless of what a network does, I think people being able to see this, the way that baseball fans have talked about this, the way I've heard people who aren't the biggest baseball friends talk about it, say, man, I will watch that Shohei Otani guy every day for the rest of this year i think the fact that he as as a player is already a superstar but i think he has a real opportunity to transcend the sport in a similar way that Lionel messi and ronaldo have done for soccer to what lebron did for for basketball i think that's what you're going to see shohei otani go to in this next year now i I mean we got to touch really quick on the injuries to diaz altuve i'm glad that there was a lot of people that spoke up because those injuries can happen anywhere. I mean, one was a fluke injury. The other guy got hit by a pitch that happens in spring training. Um, You know, that's going to happen, but it shouldn't mar what the, what the tournament was. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Those, those things are terrible and unfortunate and you want those guys to come back uh, as soon as possible. Uh, And for people who say, oh, well, this is why guys shouldn't play in WBC because they're going to go out there and they can get hit or they can get injured. Look, what we saw happen to Reese Hoskins today, feeling the ground ball, something that he does hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And he goes out there and tears his ACL, which is so unfortunate a week away from opening day. At the same time, if that happened in the WBC, everybody would want to say something about it. And so it's one of those things playing a sport. There are going to be freak accidents that happen and you can't control them, right? Like you or I can go out there and there could be a freak accident and we can't control that. So to, to blame that it's so unfair to blame what was an awesome tournament and blame that for these guys getting injured. Now I thought this quote was interesting. Obviously the U S you know, within one run of Japan, like you said, Otani versus trout for that final out. And, and after this, while the celebration was going on, um, Nolan Arenado said, quote, players need to do this. We have a really good team, but we need more stars. We need more guys. Why not? I think it's important to play in yeah. it. You're throwing hard in spring training. You're playing hard. You might as well do it here on a big stage for your country. When I looked at USA's lineup, lineup really looked solid to me. But but as far as pitching, obviously there was a glaring weakness there. Do you think that more American players are going to play on the WBC next time around because of what they saw this time? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I, yeah, the, the pitching was coming in uh, Team USA's weakness. is It ended up being the thing that cost them a WBC title. But I think there are a lot of guys who watch this like you and I uh, who play in the big leagues and say, you know what, man, that looks like so much fun. I really enjoyed this experience. And in hearing and seeing the quotes from guys on Team USA, like, man, this is the most fun I've ever had on a baseball field. These two weeks being with these guys representing Team USA was the most fun I've ever had. I think that speaks volumes. And they're going to go back and they're going to tell their teammates about that experience. And, you know, guys are going to be like, man, I want to I want to be a part of something like that. 
Last thing I got to ask you, I got I to gotta have you put your Cubs reporter hat back on. Yeah. Uh, talking about Marcus Stroman, Javier Assad, and Owen Casey. Three guys I thought really had, you know, to me as a Cub fan, those were the guys I, that really impressed me as far as the World Baseball Classic, especially Assad. Yeah, look, I think with Javier Assad, and if you're a Cubs fan, you're really excited from what you saw because, uh, look, this is a guy who was hitting the upper 90s on the gun, and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Uh, one, I think it's being amped up of representing your country. But two, hey, maybe this is somebody we, we you, you see with how the rebuild or retool has gone. And you're going to have your blue chippers, right? You're going to have your guys like PCA and Brennan Davis. But you need some guys to surprise you, right? You need some guys that were not thought of that contribute at, at the big league level. And that could definitely be an area where you see a guy like a Javier Assad really take the next step. Russ, I really appreciate you coming on the Fly the W podcast. Where can our listeners find more of your work as far as where can they read it? Where can they follow yeah. you on Twitter? You can read all my stuff, uh, ballysports.com. Uh, I'm doing a ton of stuff over there, video content. Uh, I have an interview with Dansby Swanson uh, that I think Cubs fans will really enjoy, at Russ underscore Dorsey1 on Twitter, at Russ underscore Dorsey on IG. Russ, I appreciate you. I, I miss you on the Cubs beat, and uh, I hope you con continue success, and thanks for hopping on, and we look forward to having you back on in the future. My God, thanks, Carly. Appreciate the invite.